This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Jess Montgomery coming to you live from sunny Ocala, Florida. And I'm Kayla Benny, also in Ocala, Florida. And you are listening to the monthly breeding and horse sales episode of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network, episode 2627. This episode is a special episode on Horses in the Morning every fourth Thursday of the month, brought to you by Supreme Top Form. Good morning, Horse World. Hey, you made it to the fourth Thursday of the month on Horses in the Morning. That means it's time to talk sales and breeding. <gasps> uh, uh, of horses, that is. On today's show, it's all about sale horses. We're going to go from an array of sale barns and chat about buying and selling. We're going to discuss the do's and don'ts on both ends of the process. And I'm going to introduce this month's co-host because, as everyone can guess, we don't have Charlie on the show this week or month. Um, And we have Jessica Montgomery, who is the wife of Clark Montgomery, who is a former eventing Olympian now turned jumper rider for Apex Equestrian, which is based in North Carolina and Ocala, Florida. And then we're going to chat with a friend and mentor of both of ours, Sean Wordley, about his new business venture, European Select Auction, an exciting new COVID-friendly online auction of elite jumpers, hunters, and equitation horses. And then we're going to switch gears slightly and speak with Jessica Redman of Benchmark Sport Horses about the off-the-track thoroughbreds, sourcing and producing them for their new careers. So, Jess, welcome to the Sales and Breeding Show. Thanks so much for having me, Kayla. This is an awesome topic, and I'm excited to talk about it. Well, I'm so excited that you're on, and for for longtime listeners, they might recognize your voice because you were... On the a host on the eventing radio show um, a while back with Samantha Clark. <laughs> That's right. Um, Clark and I stayed in England for about four and a half years, and I was sort of the roving reporter <laughs> to speak of over in England. And um, we just had a blast. I really enjoyed all of it. So it's really fun to kind of um, get back into this and just have a chat and um, talk about all things horsey. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> So, Jess, tell me a little bit about Apex Equestrian a little bit. Um, I know they're a sale barn based in North Carolina, um, and Clark just started, like, he's the head trainer, correct? Yeah, so, you know, as as horses and life um, hands you chapters, we are just delighted to have had the opportunity um, to partner with Apex Equestrian. It's um, a family-owned and operated operated, um, uh, what would you say venture? I suppose there's six daughters and, um, a mother and, uh, yeah, a mother and a, a father involved in all of it. 
and um, they're super passionate about their horses. So uh, everything sort of meld together very easily, and we're excited. They have horses um, from all the way up the levels, so sort of one-meter horses, and then um, some starting Grand Prix horses that are for sale, and um, the girls ride as well, and a lo- most of the girls have children, so it's a really active um, wow. part, and you know, really enjoyed the transition to specifically on the jumping. Um, it's so technical, and there's lots and lots of practice and preparation that goes in day to day, and he really enjoys all of that. So, you know, as in life, you get on these steep learning curves, and he's just having a blast. It's really cool. Fantastic. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about Apex Equestrian, but we're going to get to our first guest, which is Sharn Wordley, who's a New Zealand Olympian. And actually, Clark uses him kind of as a mentor, as do um, as do I. And, you know, he's kind of this weird <laughs> guy that's just really good at everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he definitely he can turn his hand to anything and and it's it's always exciting to see what he's up to next because he's a real forward thinker. Yeah. Okay, so before we get to Sharn, I want to just chat about Supreme Top Form. Supreme Top Form is a joint supplement that is 99.8% pure glucosamine hydrochloride and 99% pure hyaluronic acid. Hyaluronic acid works by inhibiting the formation of inflammatory products in joints, which cause pain and cartilage destruction. Glucosamine has been shown to counteract the negative, negative, oof, there's so many big words, negative effects in cartilage of steroid administration. Glucosamine also serves as a building block for the new cartilage formation. Glucosamine and hyaluronic acid do not cause significant side effects that non-steroidal anti-inflammatory agents may induce. It is concentrated and easy to feed and cost-effective. It is independently lab-tested for purity, so you know what you get is what is on the label. They have both dog and horse supplements, which is great for any horse person. You don't see many horse people without a dog. Visit Pan Am Vet Corps, that's C-O-R-P dot com for more information. So we're going to welcome Sharn Wordley, who's an uh, Olympic and Grand Prix show jumper from New Zealand on to talk about his new online auction, super COVID friendly. It's called the European Select Auction. Welcome to the show, Sharn. Hi, thanks very much. So, Sharn, tell us about the auction. What what made you start the whole idea? Um, well, during COVID, there has actually been quite a few different groups of people doing auctions. Um, there's some auctions in Europe and some auctions here in the States that have happened over the last year and a half. Um, and I thought it was just a, a good way to bring horses from Europe to the market here in the US because people weren't able to travel. So um, my partner and I of 12 years, who's based in Belgium, we have a stable in Belgium, 
um, thought that we'd bring the horses here and do an online auction so people could access horses without having to travel. And now, so at what point did you find that? Like, did at what point did you guys come up with that idea? How long did it take to get the ball rolling? It sounds like an epic idea. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I don't think it was really our idea. There is there are other auctions going on. Um, last year, the Palm Beach auction, which was which was very very similar to what we were doing. Um, Juan Pablo Nico was did an auction there in Palm Beach. Um, uh-huh. Uh, which, which because of COVID was online also, uh, we had some horses in that auction. Um, so a, a few people have been doing it. The difference with us is that we want to bring older, more experienced horses and uh, to the States where a lot of people want to do younger ones. We want to do horses that people can use straight away. Uh, and we also want to do multiple auctions. So we want to do... Uh, you know, a couple in Florida each year and maybe one in California as well is what our goal is. Wow, that's brilliant. Yeah. And so when you say more experienced horses, um, like what, what level are these horses jumping? Uh, they're all from Grand Prix, four-star Grand Prix, down to low amateurs. We've got hunters and equitation horses as well. So there's a whole wide range of horses. But the general theme of it is that... Uh, the horses that people can use straight away. Yeah, because my exposure to, you know, auctions in general seem to definitely err on the side of something that's either unbroken and free jumping or, you know, I mean, it's really raw bloodlines essentially is what is what people are buying. So that's just fantastic. So your partner then over in Belgium had to do all the traveling around and the trying out. <laughs> Yeah, so he, as I could go over there, uh, he had to do a lot of that, yes. um, a lot of the legwork on that end of the, of the buying part of it. Um, but a lot of the horses he's known for a long time too, which is which is good. So we've got, you know, the majority of the horses a good background understanding of of the horse. So um, yeah, he's he's done a lot of work for it. And now that's really I'm- cool. I'm- Sorry, after I'm just asking away. I know. <laughs> well, after you guys bought the horses, how long did you take them to your stable in Belgium and then, you know, do an assessment, do the sale videos? How how did you organize all that? Yeah, the the some of the horses uh have been in the barn for for a while and some were new horses to the stable and some were owned by uh some partners of ours as well. So we assembled the group, did, did that, all of our uh, promotional videos and so on and so forth there in in, uh, in Europe. And then the horses flew over about two weeks ago. And how many horses are you talking are in the sale? I didn't catch that if you said. Uh, yeah, yeah, 12. 12 in the auction this year. Gosh, that's so great. And they're all hand-selected and... Um, and uh, and obviously you guys know them. The horses all traveled well, and and all of that went went well and easy enough. Yeah, basically uh, we had one horse that uh, slipped off the ramp, getting off the when it got off the plane um, onto the truck. Then when it was getting off for quarantine, it slipped off the ramp and and scuffed up his his hock. So he's only just starting to be ridden now. So that was a shame. 
Yeah, yeah, that he, is irritating. Yeah, yeah, it, that sounds more um, superficial or or something, you know, cosmetic. I would say. <laughs> yeah, he just had a few stitches, so he had to had to stand still for a while because it was right in the hock joint, so we we couldn't move him uh, yeah. move him around too much. So he's a couple of weeks behind, but he's he's being ridden now, and he's he's ready to go. And, and that's super. Now, when you bring them over, does it take them a long time to acclimate or do you just kind of put them right to work? What's the program for the sale horses? Yeah, the horses coming from Europe generally um, acclimatize really quickly. They don't seem to get jet lag like we do. Um, it's different because then coming from the southern hemisphere, those horses take a lot longer to acclimatize. But Northern Hemisphere to Northern Hemisphere, those horses seem to do really well. So whenever they, they fly over from Europe, they've generally had four or five days where they've been cooped up in a box. So we like to get them out and moving straight away. So tell us, uh, definitely plug the website so that people can go on and tell us where to find the videos of the horses that are being offered. And then tell us a little bit about the day of the sale. What is that? What, what goes on for you guys? Yeah, um, it's uh, europeanselectauction.com, I, I believe. I think that's what their website is. I'd <laughs> it's, that, not fired. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's actually europeanselect.auction. Um, oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> it is. You were so close. It's so close. <laughs> <laughs> Admin isn't really my strong point. <laughs> he just rides them. So, yeah. Um, and what are the dates of the auction, and, and what does that look like, like what Jess said? Well, the auction starts March the 6th, and it's online, and so bids start coming in then, and then they close um, five minutes after each other on Monday evening, March the 8th, and uh, so everything's online. So you can see it sort of in real time as people are bidding, um, and then each horse closes five minutes after each other, but... You get an extra, once the last bid is in, you get an extra two minutes to match that bid. So sometimes, you know, the first horse may, the bidding may not close for half an hour after it's supposed to because people keep putting bids in. So then it stays oh. live again for another couple of minutes. So Yeah, yeah. yeah I exactly. can that. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, do you have like ROIs set on horses or, you know, are there, are there, set minimums where you're starting from or do you just let people tick away at that? Yeah, there, there are minimums. Um, yeah. we've got a reserve on, on all the horses. Yeah. Um, and we, we don't have that published on there, but yeah, um, of course, you know, we have a list of, of where we have to be to, to sell the horses, yeah. but I'm, I'm fairly confident that all the horses are going to, going to meet their reserve. That is so we've had cool. a lot of it. We, yeah, yeah. We've had a lot of interest so far. Yeah. And I think the reserve the reserves are uh, are very very fair for the quality of horses we have. So I'm I'm very confident that they're going to be met. And now, when you like the people can come and try the horses prior to the auction, and then aren't you taking some of them down to Wellington as well? So they're in Ocala right now, and then you're taking them yes. down to Wellington, and people can try them as they as they need to. Yeah, exactly. They make appointments with us. So, yeah, we, we wanted to have the horses first here in Ocala to let them recuperate and let the Ocala clients 
able to view the horses and try them. And then next Monday, we're taking them down to Wellington for a week. So potential clients in, in Wellington can try the horses there as well. And we gave, we, we allowed a, a gap in the middle where the horses could rest and before, yeah. before we and took them down to, down to Wellington. In fairness, this is just the coolest concept. I'm so excited. And last question, because I know some people will have questions about it. You've already done pre-purchases on all the horses. You have full x-rays and it's a full American vetting, which means there's a thousand views of every single joint. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yes, exactly. So all the, um, all the x-rays are online. They can be downloaded and, and been shown to, to your own vet. Uh, there's pre, they were pre-purchased in Europe, and the X-rays were also looked at by uh, our American vet here also. So we've had two two vets go over the X-rays, and the clinical's been done also. So that's all online, mm. and people are uh, are able to bring their own vet to look at the horses as well. Right. So, but if you wanted to save a little bit of money, they're there. You can just have your vet view them and then just bid on the horse of the exactly. day of the they're auction. All, they're, all, they're all recent. The x-rays were done uh, within the last month. Fantastic. Mm. Well, yeah, so, yeah, so that, definitely, that definitely does help save money. That saves thousands of dollars. <laughs> it literally does, yeah. But it sounds like just the greatest thing. I mean, you guys have gone out handpicked all the horses, done all the hard work and the leg work and refined it down into, you know, 12 top notch prospects and you've brought them here to people's, you know, front door. So (laughs) I'm excited to see, you know, see how this whole thing goes because it's, it's teed up to be absolute magic. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, hopefully, because the hardest thing is going to be finding, if we want to do three auctions a year, finding yeah, All those 30 horses. horses to 35 yeah. horses a year that meet the criteria for to, to, to be able to enter into our auction. Well, that's sure. going to be the hard part. I think yeah. finding people to purchase them is not going to be the problem. It's finding the quality that we, that we're really looking for to, to keep the quality of the, the auction horses up. That's going to be the hard part. Absolutely. Well, that's on your shoulders. So. <laughs> 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 they, and they can view the horses, the the sale videos on clipmyhorse.tv. Um, and you go under, I think, breeding or sales or something like that. There's a thing and then you click European select auction. Yeah, you can do that. Or you can just look on the website. On the website, okay. all the same stuff. So there's all the breeding. There's all all the, the spiel of what the horses have done. Right. Uh, there's, there's the clips of them. You know, you can request show videos and things as well. well um, it's, you it's have really an Instagram online. Yeah. And you have an Instagram as well, which shows every day they kind of post a new, a new horse number 13, or I know there's only 12, but you know, number this yeah. number that, and, and you post their picture, their show video and the video that you guys did at your stable in Belgium. So yeah, it's it's super yep. interesting and, and very easy to find on Instagram. It is good. Well, I I don't really follow Instagram, so I, I wouldn't know. But I I'll uh, take your word for it. <laughs> he's he's not super tech savvy. It's okay. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> well, perfect. Well, thank you, t- 
for taking time out of your day to chat with us. Um, this will be super exciting. I think it is going to be a, a huge success, and I'm really excited for you guys. So, Well, thank you very much. But, yeah, tune in and, and look online on the March the 8th so you can see how the bidding's going. Now we're going to go to Camden, Delaware, where there's Benchmark Sport Horses and Jessica Redman, who does off-the-track thoroughbreds and finds these super quality thoroughbreds and retrains them for their next careers. Welcome, Jessica. Thanks for having me. Perfect. Well, Jessica, tell us about Benchmark Sport Horses. When did you start and why thoroughbreds? Uh, so I really mainly started my business in, uh, 2007 and, uh, just started out with kind of doing a couple a year as I work a full-time job. And then it just has, uh, rapidly grown. And now we do about 150 thoroughbreds sales here a year. Um, and my focus has always been thoroughbreds. I grew up with them. Um, my stepfather trained racehorses and my mom was into the layups and, uh, retraining as well. And I think it's just, um, the breed has just always been one that I get along with and I just really enjoy the process of, uh, doing the transition from track, um, to sport horse career. 150 a year. That is, I'm gobsmacked, honestly. That is yeah. unbelievable. How, how long did it take you to build those relationships? Uh, I mean, I have so many questions. <laughs> how many sources do you get? Do you get 150 horses from? Do you just work specifically with a few people or or tracks? No, I actually buy horses all across the country. So our thoroughbreds um, come from anywhere and everywhere, and uh, yeah, it's taken a really long time to kind of find um, sources, and I'm always still, you know, kind of trying to find more sources because I, I think, yeah. you know, it's uh, for me, it's just challenging to find, you know, quality horses. We're all looking for the same thing, and being able to find that, you know, is is kind of a what we're all um, trying to do. But um, yeah. yeah, that's it is. It's a lot, and you know, it's. Uh, there's just a lot of really good people out there, you know, trainers, owners, it, just all of it, you know, that kind of have uh, worked with, you know, what we do. And then they kind of contact us, you know, when they think that they have something that's going to fit our program. Yeah, definitely. You must have a, a massive Rolodex at this point. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so what criteria is that, that, that people, you know, that people are ticking and that you're specifically looking for? Yeah, so, you know, most of my customers are eventers, so I'm generally kind of looking anything from ages three to seven, um, you know, 15, two and up. I prefer 16 hands just because that's what most of my buyers want, but I I don't mind a smaller horse. Um, you know, I do mares or geldings. It doesn't matter. I also buy colts and um, will castrate them, so that's not an issue for me either. You know, and then, of course, I'm looking for... Um, you know, horses that have, I really like a horse with a nice uphill neck, a big sloping shoulder. And I'm just kind of looking for the horse that I think will um, really be competitive, you know, in the dressage. Because 
at the end of the day now, you know, to sell a quality thoroughbred, they really have to to be good movers and be horses that can do well in the dressage. So, you know, that's kind of my eye is really drawn to something that's, you know, got that uh, nice uphill neck and good confirmation. And, you know, normally if they have a good confirmation, then they, then they move well um, and they jump well. And then, you know, it's hard because we don't really get to evaluate the canner at the racetrack. So you're kind of uh, buying a lot of times based on, you know, breeding, um, I look a lot at bloodlines and, you know, confirmation. So you're kind of like rolling the dice on hoping that it, it moves as a jump. <laughs> and so now you, you do believe that breeding plays a, a pretty big role in how horses, you know, behavioral and how they move. Absolutely. I think there's so many sires that I would probably just buy. I buy a lot of what I um, end up with just based on paper alone because, I have such good success with, you know, certain bloodlines, um, you know, they just rarely uh, go wrong. So, you know, I don't think that it's really much different than what people do in the warm blood world. Um, you know, there's certain characteristics, I think, about certain bloodlines that, you know, tend to tend to ring true if you if you study it enough. What's your favorite stallion? Like what what are you drawn to the most? Oh boy, one? there's so many, but you know, I really look, we have a lot of, um, you know, if you really kind of look, I like stuff that's got some of the European background. Like I like the Sadlers well. Um, I do like the Tisnals. I've had really good success with them. Um, you know, I'm looking for something that's got a little bit more bone, um, you know, a little bit more uphill, almost something that you might find kind of, uh, you know, out in the steeplechase first sprint type of horses so you're you're kind of looking for the breeding that makes a distance horse versus a sprinter you know the sprinters don't always appeal to me they're a little shorter and blockier and so you know it's just kind of a a type um and there's just there's just so many stallions that i really have had good success with and sort of some you know ones that people might not um you know necessarily even know here uh, I recently bought a horse that was by Maxos, which is a German bred and just incredible breeding. And, and the horse is just a freak of a jumper. And, you know, the horse is just a, that sire is, is very well known in, in Europe. And um, so I just bought a mare by the same sire because I just liked it so much, you know, so I'm kind of like, there's just like things that you kind of come across and you're like, I, I'd like another one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that makes perfect sense. How old are the horses that, that you're getting on average and are they like raw straight out of, uh, you know, training or, or, and or racing or have they, some of them been let down? Um, no, most, I'd say majority, probably 80% are right off the track. And, um, you know, probably the average range is, is four-year-olds. I do seem like I end up buying a lot of three-year-olds. Um, but, you know, the reason I think I end up with so many three-year-olds is your three-year-olds are retiring generally because they're slow. They're sound, yeah. but they're slow. Um, you know, maybe they ran them a couple of times or maybe they didn't even decide to run them because they just didn't show much, you know, in training. And, you know, of course, to get through some of the pre-purchases that we now have to get through, you're really looking for the cleanest horses that you can, you can find with the less wear and tear. So I don't, I don't mind 
buying three-year-olds. Uh, I do find it's a little harder to get professionals, you know, even amateurs to maybe buy the younger ones. But I think, I think you kind of have to weigh it out and, and look at it um, more from, you know, a will they get uh, type of perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And how long on average do you, do you keep them? Like what's your turnaround on some of them? <laughs> like I'm so oh, fascinated. Boy. I'm just <laughs> laughing. I'm just laughing. I'm going to interject really quick. I'm just laughing because <laughs> I used, I I've ridden for Jessica yeah. in the past <laughs> yeah. and um, there's times where I'll sit on a horse for the one time and it's gone. I, it's gone. Like, yeah. and people will yeah. call me and they're like, so that horse. And I'm like, no, it's already gone. You, you didn't jump fast enough. <laughs> yeah. 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 They go. I mean, and a lot of them, the really nice ones, um, sometimes just even sell like off a free video and they'll get vetted before, you know, we'll, we'll do a ride before they leave, but they've already, you know, kind of been, um, you know, snapped up that quick. So most of yeah. them, I'd say less than two weeks. That is brilliant. I mean, I follow you on Facebook and I just am so impressed by your professionalism and the, um, the volume of, of videos, fresh videos that you're putting out there and everything. I mean, it's anybody that's thinking about getting into sales could, could stand to take a lesson or two from you because it's always on up to the minute. It's always so straightforward. It seems like, and I know they're not. It's not always easy to be that way, but it is in the best interest of everybody involved. And I've just always been from afar so impressed. <laughs> it's well, it's really I mean, cool. We, How many people work in your Um. So, um, really, I have two others that ride for me, and and one person in the barn, and that that's it. And we all work full time jobs. Um, and so you know, it's kind of something that we just, uh, work around our regular full-time job. So yeah, it's, it's a little crazy. Um, I, you know, could use more help, but I live in an area which Kayla knows is, is a very small area. Um, and we're very challenged as far as, um, you know, having people that are skilled enough to start young horses because that's, yeah. you know, that's the challenge It's not just doing it, but doing it doing it well um I think it's just really critical to make sure that those first couple rides you know you have the best people that you can have sitting on the horses to just make sure that you know everything um goes well and and of course you know we have to present the horses in a way that makes buyers want to buy them so um you, you really have to have riders that are, are skilled and now yeah. building on that so walk yep. us through really quick you know what is your typical way you sell them? Like you, you talked about a free video. Um, what pictures do you take? Like walk us through the whole process up until the sale. What do you look yeah, for? So generally like when a horse comes in, so we just kind of got new horses that came in um, actually like one o'clock sometimes this morning. And so, you know, they'll come in, we'll do all their pictures. So we stand them up, uh, do both, both directions. We do all the legs, the feet. Um, so, you know, I kind of try to take detailed pictures of, um, you know, the body, but also the legs, the feet, any little scars or anything that, you know, might be there that I think is, is worth noting. So then we'll do that. Then we go in the free area. We'll take our free video, some pictures of them moving free. Um, and then, you know, we normally follow that up with a ride video. And that all happens within, you know, a day to 
two days, you know, so it's, it's relatively quick that we get all that done. Um, as long as the horse, you know, is sound and happy and, and, you know, ready to work. And, uh, we'll do that first ride video and, um, you know, generally that's pretty straightforward. It's, it's just a 10 to 15 minute ride, you know, on the mounting block and we'll do a little, you know, just teach him a little bit about the contact and walk out canter both directions. And maybe we pop over a little, you know, cross rail, um, add some flour or something like that. But, uh, that's generally kind of our first, um, you know, week of having a horse here. And do now, you do competing yourself or, or like, do you, is this your engagement in horses or does it go beyond that competitively for you? No, I actually really don't compete. Um, you know, I don't really have time and <laughs> I, didn't honest, I really, I don't love it. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I really enjoy the training process more than <laughs> competing. Yeah. I used to compete a lot more, but now, um, you know, we're so kind of busy with the, I mean, the business kind of grew more than I ever expected. So, um, probably until I get some more help, I don't know. My riding has really taken a, a backseat because, uh, you know, part of the process is that you have to have really good pictures and videos. And I find that that seems to be my role because, uh, you know, as everyone knows, like, I think it's just super hard to get good pictures and videos and have somebody that really understands what that means and and especially like making a good uh sales presentation is is all about good pictures and videos and finding somebody to do that is so hard well and people's people's attention spans are are very limited so if you don't have good quality pictures which you actually use a a more professional camera you don't use your iphone because iphone quality pictures are, are crap or, or even any cell phone, but you, you also use a recorder and you put it on YouTube. So there's a whole video of of the ride and, and everything, but people's attention spans, like you, and I find myself doing the same thing. If I see bad pictures, I just scroll right past. So, so you have to have something that draws people in. Otherwise, they're just it we're we're the the new era of we just scroll we scroll we scroll we scroll oh that's interesting and then so you need something that catches catches people's eyes and that would be the biggest thing that i learned from you was you need a quality camera you need pictures that draw people in and and you need videos that very much represent the horse that you are presenting yeah, as to not waste anybody's time. Yeah, I, yeah. I completely Absolutely. agree. Yeah, because I think... I mean, we and- edit, but, like, not... You well, know, we don't yeah. really edit. Like, I edit, you know, to shorten things down, or, you know, obviously we have a 20-minute ride, and I make a five-minute video, but yeah, what yeah, you see is what you get. Like, cares, <laughs> no one cares about the 11th trot circle. You just did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you yeah, know, but- it's not an embellishment of, like... We try yeah. to video pretty much every ride or every other ride so that people can see the, the horse and their, you know, where their current progress is. And I think people do like to see, okay, what did that first ride look like versus the third, you know, versus the fifth, um, you know, people definitely, they do want. And I think it also like just kind of keeps everyone honest when you see what we're actually doing versus kind of going, well, I saw this video that you made, you know, at a random, you know, time frame, but like, what have you been doing? And I can be like, well, this, this is, 
this is this video. And then we wrote, you know, let's do the following week and this is this. And so then people kind of think, okay, we've seen the horse, you know, we, we have a good feel for it. Yeah. The and actually, my buyers are they're sight unseen buyers. They've never seen the horses. You know, a lot of them just buy them off the videos. So yeah. Have to get and, it right. and that must be interesting. You know, so many people have been affected and, and through COVID and trying to do horse sales and everything else. And it seems like you were a mile ahead of everybody already <laughs> because you were all, you were already doing the, the good photos, the good videos and, and selling horses, frankly, sight unseen. Um, it, and that is, again, it's solely based off of your reputation though. Also, I mean, you're, you're not, doing a slow motion for 35 seconds of a trot across the <laughs> yeah. back. You're like, wow, that no. Shetland has so much cadence. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it, it's, it's pretty cool that you were ahead of the curve, to say the least. And so, yeah, my, um, you kind of have it, to be. Where do you guys go from here? Are you, do you just kind of, um, there's no shortage in sight of thoroughbreds that, you know, are, are looking for their next chapter and everything. Do you see this carrying on for a long time? Um, yeah, I think I do. You know, I, it's, it's something that I enjoy. I, I sometimes always say that I enjoy the, you know, the process of the, the horses more than the actual selling. I, I really like buying horses. Um, I love <laughs> buying horses, but Selling horses is really hard and sometimes frustrating. So I, I kind of, um, you know, sometimes think, oh, you know, maybe I would do some sort of consulting or something. But at the end of the day, I feel like it's easier for me to absorb the risk than a lot of other people, you know, and I just feel so responsible if something, you know, went wrong and I advised somebody to buy something and it, you know, didn't turn out or something, you know, you're kind of like, oh. Um, because, you know, sometimes that happens, I'll get something in here and I'm like, oh, that's not what I was expecting or, you know, and it's easier when that's my money, but not so much like ordering a dress online, sort of, where you're like, ooh, yeah. why did, it doesn't look like that on me. <laughs> <laughs> One of those, like, dresses from, like, you know, the China, like, yes, that are, like, like the Shein. Shoes. Yeah, yeah they're, they look there. so good. And then you're like, no, no, not, not as advertised. <laughs> no, but that that's brilliant now if people want to find you you mostly <laughs> post on like facebook and instagram correct but you do have a website yes i keep my website very current um so i everything is on sure. the website all the picture links the videos the you know the price um and you know pretty much we I, I, I edit my website daily. So it, it, it is always current. Um, cause you know, I feel like sometimes Facebook can be hard to sort through. And of course, with the whole not being able to list prices there for a long time, you know, it was mm-hmm. really necessary to, to have a website. Um, so. Yep. Well, and you're the only horse person I've ever heard that has an actual current website. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, an anomaly. That is an anomaly. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, there. <laughs> what's your website address? Um, benchmarksporthorses.com. Perfect. A hundred and fifty horses a year. I know. Can you believe that? I did the math. It's 12.5 horses a month. I I mean, how, 
<laughs> I love that you did the math. Like I had to. I got my little calculator out while we were on the line with her, and I thought, what in the world? She hits the ground running every morning. That is just awesome. That's and really she works, cool. she works a full-time job. Like she I actually um it's insane. I mean, I I've ridden for her in the past and you know, and I'll probably go home and, and I ride from her. She's about 45 minutes from me. Um, okay. and she's in Delaware. She's in the middle of nowhere, Delaware, which I feel like no offense to any Delawareans, but, um, Delaware's in the middle of nowhere, the whole, the whole state. Um, oh, no. <laughs> it's just in the middle of nowhere. And cause there's not a she ton of shows. So happy and it sounds, I mean, it's like relatively cold there. I'm sure. So oh, it's miserable. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I'm so delighted. I, I have followed her on Facebook. I'm so delighted to have had a chance to just chat with her because, and Sharn, I mean, it's it the, to see what people do in within the horse industry and kind of get a glimpse into all of it is just the best. It opens my perspective all the time. And, you know, I just, I, I really enjoy being on today because I've learned so much. <laughs> I'm grateful. <laughs> I know. Every time I come on, I forget that I'm interviewing people and I'm like, that is so interesting. And then I'm like, oh, wait, wait, wait. I have to ask questions. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, and, and the one thing that people have to understand is, you know, when you're buying and selling horses, it's a business and, and it's hard to differentiate because Horses are so emotional. Like we love them. They're living beings. Yes. But, but it is a business and people need to make money and cause that's what a business is. Otherwise it would be a hobby. So, you know, and, and that's where there's a really, really gray area where is this a hobby? Is this a business? I don't know. Um, and so, but it's just so interesting how people get creative because it is an emotional thing. And, you know, to be able to carry that year after year after year, which both Sharn and Jessica on completely different, uh, Spectrum. spectrums, yes. you know, it's, it's interesting. And then with you guys with apex and everything, I, it's just, it's so cool to see how people create relationships and, and things like that. And, um, I don't know. I mean, do you have any suggestions for the listeners? Um, like I wanted to get a little bit into like the do's and don'ts of, of buying. I mean, I don't know that we have enough time to like yeah. <laughs> go crazy, I but yeah. And I think that like at per what you were just saying is that the common thread that I took away from both today's show and sort of my, um, good experiences in the horse world in in buying horses, even for us, let alone selling them, is accurate representation is key. You have to just be upfront about what it is that you're presenting in said horse. Um, you know, I there's no ability actually to, you know, to change a horse from what it is, no. <laughs> whether that be, you know, an x-ray or, uh, frankly, a behavior or even, um, you know, whether it cribs or it doesn't or, you know, anything like that. You've just got to, to be put it out there because 
we all do become emotionally involved in the horses in one form or another. You're just bound to if you love horses. And the best thing you can do for said horse for yourself and the say buyer of the horse is to just make sure that it's the right fit. And then you feel so much better about it, honestly, when the horse finds its new home, because you've been a hundred percent upfront, they know what they're getting into and it obviously enjoy it or they wouldn't pay you the money for it. And right. everybody's happy. Um, you know, that's what, that would be my biggest thing. I think, you know, these, what technology is doing, I think both Jessica and Sharn um, touched on it to have as much information available to yeah. the buyer is so wonderful. I think it gives everybody peace of mind. Um, you know, you, you can review things, you can comb over it. it for whatever it's worth, buying a horse is a giant investment. <laughs> so absolutely, you want to make sure that you are doing the right thing. And, and, and so anyhow, it's, you want to do the right thing by the animal and, and by the, everybody that's involved. And so I just think it's great. It's getting easier and easier to share information, find information on the horses and everything. And so you know, it, because of that, it's, you can't hide anything anymore. And so it just gets easier to just be completely upfront, which I know is kind of not always what people want to hear when they think that the horse is squeaky clean, but you'd rather just be honest. That's all yeah. I, that's all I think. Well, and when you're honest, then, you know, okay, this horse has this x-ray and, and people are like, okay. And they still are willing to take the risk, but it's them taking the risk. They're not getting the, you know, wool pulled over their eyes or the, you know, the skirt pulled out from underneath them. They're like, okay, I know what I'm getting into. And the horse has been doing its job and staying sound. So when it becomes a problem or it never becomes a problem, they're not surprised. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I would say the other thing too is like, you know, for people that are maybe representing their own horse, okay, they're not a professional, but they, they need to sell their horse for whatever circumstance it is. I would say don't screenshot off of a video, you know, yeah. for pictures, it, the quality is low. Yeah. Um, and that is the biggest thing that I learned from Jessica when, you know, when I've ridden for her in the past is. She, she pulls out an, a quality camera and I, and I've used other people or, and I bought my own camera. When I use that camera, I get so much more interest in a horse than yeah. when I have screenshot and I I'm guilty of it. It's so much easier to just screenshot off of a video because it's a moment in time. You're like, Oh, that looks really cool. As a, as a picture off of a video, the horse jumping, you get the right bascule. Um, yes. And, but the quality is low and people will scroll right past it. Yeah. And you're and, right. I mean, with everything available, it, it, you know, on, on social media specifically right now, it's, you know, it's, it, you've got to find something that catches people's interest. And I don't know, do you use any of the classified um, websites or, or anything like that? I feel like there's lots of those out there. There are lots of them. Um, <sighs> 
I don't tend to, I, I use social media, you know, yeah. and that's the general consensus of everyone I've talked to a lot of the times is they just use social media. Like I know Jessica just has her website and she uses social media. Um, I know Sharn for the auction is basically, even though he doesn't know, he's using Instagram and right. things like that. Um, I don't think they're advertising. I mean, they use Clip My Horse TV. Um yeah. For, for the videos and everything like that. But but there are there there's some good websites out there. There's equinenow.com. There's Dream Horse. Um uh what's that really good one? Uh Eck is one that I hear people talk about and I, I'm yeah. not familiar with myself personally, but yeah, there's big just so you know I think too that would be another piece of advice is if if there is something discipline specific, it doesn't hurt to research it and yep. pay your forty dollars and you know or whatever it might be to to advertise specifically because Facebook is so broad. Um, you know, the, the yeah. potentially you might, you might get, get your horse in front of somebody that you otherwise wouldn't, if you're not friends on Facebook or whatever, you know, you right. Right. And then you don't have to deal with, there, there's a lot of crazies on social media and then you're dealing with, with the keyboard trolls that are like, you have that bit in that horse's mouth. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, you don't a, even know. Start a firestorm. Yeah. That yeah. would be my luck. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you have no idea. I've had, I've, there's some stories, but, um, you know, it's, it's interesting the use of social media and then the backlash of social media. And so to, to go, get off of that is very refreshing by using those websites. Um, and, and then you can refine your search. I want these criterias. And I would say mm -hmm. also when you're going to look at horses, you need to have a list of criteria, um, and be picky, you know, yeah. be like, because that just, that doesn't, then you're not wasting your time. You're not wasting other people's time. If the horse is, you don't feel comfortable jumping something or, or doing whatever you, you need to do on the horse. For don't, sure. don't do it. Um, I mean, okay. If you feel like a, a little butterflies here and there, because you're like, Ooh, this is a little bit bigger. That's different than being utterly terrified. Um, yeah, oh, and, and oh, feeling oh, like it's, oh, it's oh, not appropriate. Um, yeah. and you need to have a conversation with your trainer. Like I would recommend bringing a trainer or a friend or someone that has an outside opinion because yes. horses are emotional and yeah. you get so excited. You're like this gorgeous and I must love it. And you're like, but it doesn't fit. I'm not Cinderella. This is not my slipper. And yeah, I agree. I think taking a, an outside, a, a third party, essentially you, the horse third party that, yeah. um, you know, that knows you knows what your skill set is and, and ultimately what you're looking for. And, you know, is going to be an advocate for you in the situation, you know, in terms of yourself and, and not only in the moment potentially and saying, Hey, you know, maybe this one isn't quite right for you or however, but also, um, potentially somebody that can video first of all, yeah. while you're running, because that's super key, I feel like, but uh, help you kind of digest it after the fact and, and, you know, do the pros and cons and God knows a pros and cons list will really spell things out <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> if, you, if you do that, um, you know, when you're finished. So 
I think people just really need to focus and, and buy seriously and not so emotionally sometimes and, and really do the due diligence and soul searching and, um, you know, and, and find something that really does fit Yeah, and keep looking for goodness sake. Keep looking if it isn't just the right fit. Cause it's out there. I promise. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Cause it's so emotional. You're like, Oh my God, I must love this because I want something now, but something now might not be the future, you know? And you have yeah. to also factor in what is a great horse. Like I had, I had a client today who came and tried some, actually some of Sharn's auction horses and there were, I mean, they're all super horses and we, we asked her and she's 17, you know, she's, she's young. Which one did you prefer? And she actually preferred the less experienced younger horse because that was her type of ride. Now she had another horse that had competed Grand Prix that she jumped massive. She jumped the standards of everything on. Um, and you, you asked her, did you like the horse? Mm, that's not my ride. You have to be practical in, yeah. and, and also factor in what is my program? Yeah. Does the horse fit into my program? Yeah. If, if I ride four days a week, this horse has to be rid six days a week. That doesn't fit into my program. If I ride six days a week and this horse needs to be ridden three days a week, um, that also doesn't fit into my program, you know? Um, and you know, and do I need to feed this horse X amount to keep weight on it? And that I don't have enough time in the day to be giving that horse that much hay, then that doesn't fit into your program. And that's okay. You know, there is the horse out there for you. You just have to be patient and, and like you said, do your due diligence and make the list and be okay with it. I, you know, I could rant on for long, like hours on this. <laughs> yeah. and I, I a thousand percent agree. And I think the, in, in um, a relative sense, everyone has felt the pressure of, you know, picking a horse if you've made a trip. And that doesn't mean that it's, uh, whether it's a trip overseas or it's a trip to Florida to look at horses or someplace else, you can sit on 15 horses. And for some reason you feel like you need to pick one of those. Um, it's okay to come home empty handed (laughs) if it's not the right one. And I think, um, I think it's hard to do, but I think a lot of people end up picking the best of what they tried and that might not necessarily always be the best for them. And so I would bear that in mind always and go headlong into any trip like that thinking it's likely I'm going to come home empty handed. And that way you're just not so disappointed if that's what happened. Absolutely. I think that's great advice. So Jess, tell us where we can find, like, if we want to keep up with you and Clark and, and Vivian, I want to plug Vivian real quick, who is your daughter, who's five and just did her first horse show on, Uh on Clark's Olympic Mount. And horse show. I mean, it was the lead line. So we were at the horse show. We were at the horse show. You are correct. You're absolutely correct. Um, did she, she did wear the gear? Participate. Did she, she wear wore the all gear? the gear? There was yeah. a number on her back. 
Um, yep. So technically, I think Chibor showed you're correct. Um, no <laughs> one ever released her on a horse in an arena, though. So that was the good news I, for Vivian. She, I don't she care. Was, Vivian yeah. was champion. So we <laughs> will tell you that even though there were five other champions equally in the class, she will tell you she was champion. It okay. is her favorite part of the entire experience was that she got a giant ribbon. Um, she was delighted. It was the sweetest thing. Uh, World Equestrian Center did a fantastic job. It was right before the Grand Prix, so there was quite a few people that had already come in. And they did uh, they did it on the live feed or you know, displayed the whole thing on the live feed. And so her grandparents from Texas watched. There were a lot of people actually that tuned in and it was just the sweetest thing to know that all of these other people that frankly cared about Vivian or Glenn or the both of them um, got to see it too. It was such a riot. We had That's a ball. So adorable. I, I, I will say I skipped the gym to watch Vivian ride in the lead line <laughs> class, which is huge because I go to the gym at like nine o'clock at night because it's open till 11. And I'm like, I must elliptical and I must be fit enough to ride my horses. And I was like, I'm not going to the gym today because Vivian is on Glenn and I must see this. And it was, it was the cutest thing. And I'm not a huge kid person and <laughs> it made me want a little for a hot second just, you can borrow mine it's okay <laughs> fantastic because i don't actually want one i would just borrow her and she's cool so <laughs> so long as you don't return her fully leaded with like sugar and a puppy we're good you and i Damn are good <laughs> that was my plan yeah. um right. but, okay so if we want to find you, we go, where, where, what website do we go to? What, what do we do? So we're on Apex Equestrian, just as it sounds.com. Um, Apex Equestrian is on Instagram. Clark equally is on Instagram as am I. So, uh, and then all equally, all of them have Facebook pages. We're lit up on most all of the social media, all um, the social so far, Yeah. Clark's on the Snapchat and I'm than he is and so i'm not really i don't know how to work it yet i'm not gonna lie um but so that's exciting in 2021 for us but um, <laughs> other than that we're just sticking to the staples of instagram facebook and um websites <laughs> and what about what about you how do we follow you on a day-to-day -day basis so i'm on um Selkuth Sport Horses, which is S-E-L-C-O-U-T-H sporthorses.com. Um, okay. You can follow me on Facebook under that as well, or Kayla Benny. Um, I'm also on Instagram under Selkuth Sport Horses, and I actually do have, uh, I have Snapchat if anyone wants to add me. Um, I think it's Selkuth Event or something like that. Um, and I'm also on TikTok. Um, I make really funny horse videos every now and then when I have a hot second um, or do stupid videos of me working out or, you know, whatever. You can follow that. Um, and you can find the links for today's guests and the show notes at horsesinthemorning.com. You can follow Horses in the Morning on Facebook. Just search Horses in the Morning. And you can have all the Horse Radio Network's 
shows wherever you go with our free app for iPhone and Android. Go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. And I'd just like to thank our title sponsor, Supreme Top Form, myself and Jess for coming on. Like, thank you so much for filling in and being our co-host as our man from down under is literally down under. I, I, I've lost him to the kangaroos. I don't even know where he's gone. Uh, like he's, well, he's just out me. there. <laughs> I was like, yeah, luckily we hosted a baby shower for another <laughs> land of down under, uh, Sharn's fiance, Lauren. And I was like, Hey, so tomorrow, do you want to come on and co-host? That would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm delighted to have joined you. I feel like I have a learned so much and be completely under motivated myself <laughs> in the last six months. <laughs> I got to get after it. I'm so floored by, by the guests that we had today. It yeah. was awesome. You guys need to sell more horses because you're not selling 150 a year and no. <laughs> I, I, if I'm going to meet 12 and a half in a year, I'm going to have to motivate, let alone in a month. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, perfect. Um, and thank you so much to all of our auditors who are super listeners. And we're just so excited. And remember, riding like life doesn't need to be perfect to be wonderful. Give your horse a pat after every ride.